I'm Tracy Sable tonight on EWTN News Nightly State of the Race. As President Joe Biden heads to California for fundraisers, the Republican candidates prepare for a crucial weekend in South Carolina. Seeking a solution, the United Nations Security Council considers a resolution for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war, while the U.S. voted against it. The FBI and the faithful. Lawmakers demand answers on the Bureau's monitoring of traditional Catholics. We have analysis from whistleblower Kyle Serafin. And starting a new chapter, what one man did with a large donation of Bibles. These stories and more tonight. From EWTN, the Global Catholic Network, this is EWTN News Nightly. Thank you for being with us on the Feast of Saints Francisco and Jacinta Marta. Our top story tonight, President Joe Biden heads off to California to raise more money for his re-election bid. He'll spend three days there, starting in Los Angeles. The president ended January with $130 million in cash on hand. At the same time, the two GOP candidates looking to limit Biden to one term were in South Carolina, trying to convince voters to send the other one packing. White House correspondent Owen Jensen reports. Owen? Tracy, as President Joe Biden deals with wars in Ukraine and Israel and tries to get inflation under control here at home, he also, of course, is trying to hold on to his job come next November. That will require lots of cash and campaign fundraising on both sides. President Joe Biden leaves the White House headed out west, his third visit to California in just over two months for political events. As he left, I was able to briefly ask him about November. Who would you rather challenge in November, Nikki Haley or Donald Trump? Oh, I don't care. During January, Biden's campaign and the Democratic National Committee collected $42 million in contributions from 422,000 donors. And Vice President Kamala Harris also on the road in Pittsburgh, reminding voters of the administration's legislative victories. It is an infrastructure matter, but it is also a public health matter. Harris announced billions of dollars for clean water projects, the money coming from the bipartisan infrastructure law. Meanwhile, South Carolina's Republican presidential primary set for Saturday. GOP hopeful Nikki Haley staying in the race despite pressure to drop out. Some of you, perhaps a few of you in the media, came here today to see if I'm dropping out of the race. Well, I'm not. Haley is the last major candidate challenging former President Donald Trump for the Republican nomination. Of course, many of the same politicians who now publicly embrace Trump privately dread him. They know what a disaster he's been and will continue to be for our party. They're just too afraid to say it out loud. Today, the Trump campaign writing, Nikki Haley doesn't represent Republicans any more than Joe Biden does, adding the true state of Nikki Haley's campaign, broken down, out of ideas, out of gas, and completely outperformed by every measure by Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump has not yet released his January fundraising numbers, but he faces a new threat to his campaign's finances, staggering legal bills racked up while defending himself in court. At the White House, Owen Jensen, EWTN News Nightly. Before President Biden left for California, he made a major announcement regarding the U.S. response to the death of Putin critic and Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny. 
I told you we'd be announcing sanctions on Russia. We'll have a major package announced on Friday. I'll be happy to sit with you all while doing that. Okay. Meanwhile, in Russia, a desperate plea from Navalny's mother. За моей спиной находится колония К3 «Полярный волк», где 16 февраля погиб мой сын Алексей Навальный. Over the last several weeks, I communicated the United States' concerns publicly and privately. We submitted numerous, numerous rounds of edits. We implored our colleagues not to rush toward failure. And so having put forward an alternative path, we intend to take it. The draft we presented is a forward-leaning resolution, and it is one that we intend to work on in good faith with other council members to ensure it gets over the finish line. That kind of process was disappointingly absent from negotiations on the text we just voted on. All to say, we're not giving well, as up. As Israel pushes forward with its offensive, an airstrike hit a vehicle in Rafa City. Two bodies were found in the wreckage. This comes as the military has ordered the evacuation of two neighborhoods on Gaza's southern edge. The Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry says more than 29,000 Palestinians have been killed in the conflict. Israel says more than 10,000 Palestinian militants have been killed. Well, Houthi rebels have released footage of what it says is a missile shooting down a U.S. drone. The Iran-backed rebels say the downing took place near a port city off the coast of Yemen. The footage also included video of men dragging debris from the water onto a beach. The wreckage features writing in English. Neither Central Command nor the U.S. Air Force's Mideast arm responded to questions over the incident. The Reaper drone can be used in attack missions and surveillance flights. A new developments tonight in the 2021 assassination of the president of Haiti. A judge in the majority Catholic country has indicted dozens of people in the killing, including the former president's widow. Martine Moise, shown here with her husband in 2017, was indicted along with a former prime minister, the former chief of Haiti's police, and several others. There are fears the indictments could further destabilize the nation, which is already dealing with a wave of gang violence. Four previous judges considered the case before stepping down for several reasons, including fears for their safety.
Our protesters gathered in support of Julian Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks, who could be sent back to the U.S. pending the results of a two-day extradition appeal. Assange's wife says her husband is a political prisoner. It's an attack on all journalists all over the world. It's an attack on the truth, and it's an attack on the public's right to know. Julian is a political prisoner, and his life is at risk. What happened to Navalny can happen to Julian. Julian Assange has been held in prison for five years. He's been indicted on 17 charges of espionage and one charge of computer misuse after his website published classified U.S. documents. Assange's wife added that his health has been deteriorating, and if he is sent back to the U.S., he will die. Uh, we have a lot more still to come here on EWTN News Nightly, including targeting of the faithful. A deeper dive into the allegations that a major agency is spying on Catholics and how two of the biggest credit card companies are banking on a deal. Frozen human embryos are children. That is the unprecedented ruling by the Alabama Supreme Court. The justices wrote in part, quote, the relevant statutory text is clear. The wrongful death of a minor act applies on its face to all unborn children without limitation. Adding this applies to all unborn children regardless of their location. The case answers the question over whether a person who destroyed frozen embryos could be held liable in a wrongful death lawsuit. The ruling could have wide-reaching effects on in vitro fertilization in that state. While a group of senators are demanding that the Federal Bureau of Investigation come clean about its efforts to monitor traditional Catholics, lawmakers are accusing the agency of deleting records, withholding details, and giving misleading information. Capitol Hill correspondent Eric Rosales reports. Eric? Good evening, Tracy. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley is actually leading the charge. He and about 15 other Republican senators recently wrote a letter to FBI Director Christopher Wray. They want an explanation why the Bureau improperly deleted records related to the memo, impeded an internal review of the document, and misrepresented its origins in testimony to Congress. The Richmond product, which was a single product by a single field office, which as soon as I found out about it, I was aghast and ordered it withdrawn and removed from FBI systems. That was FBI Director Christopher Ray's testimony last year. Now senators wrote Ray stating, quote, We again call upon you to provide a full explanation of your testimony that the Richmond memo was a single product by a single field office. Based upon now available information, both of those claims were misleading and withheld material information from Congress. Senator James Langford signed the letter and tells me he believes the FBI has a double standard. What was the process for the FBI? Why were memos actually deleted? Why did the word come down to say this is a problem and so it was immediately purge everything on it? If that happened in another office, the FBI was investigating, they would be in the middle of all that investigation and say, why did you just clear evidence? Senator Josh Hawley says the FBI continues to stonewall requests for information. What the FBI did by targeting Catholics and keeping a list of what Catholics are good Catholics and what Catholics are bad Catholics, I mean, there, is there anything more un-American than that, a violation of our First Amendment? We need to know exactly who signed off on that, what they did with all the documentation. Apparently, they've destroyed it now. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. If I can't get the information, do you think Americans can get the information? So. Congress, I mean, Congress has to continue to do its oversight. These federal agencies like the FBI, when we ask for information, 
and give it to us. If somebody did something wrong, fire them. Senator Roger Marshall also signed the letter and says the FBI is engaging in a cover-up. FBI uh, agents inside of a Catholic church looking for terrorists. Once upon a time, uh, people at, in the Catholic church or, or the synagogue were respected, and we were the good guys. Uh, so this is very sad. Now the FBI is trying to cover it up and won't even show us all the email content. It is important to note that the FBI said in a statement to Catholic News Agency that any characterization that the FBI is targeting Catholics is false. The Bureau also said that the director's testimony was accurate. FBI Director Christopher Wray is due to testify before Congress again this spring. At the Capitol, Eric Rosales, EWTN News Nightly. For more, let's bring in former FBI agent Kyle Serafin, a practicing Catholic and the whistleblower on the Richmond Memo. Kyle, thanks so much for joining us and good to see you again. So tell us, what more do you know about this renewed investigation and the demands that are being made of FBI Director Christopher Wray? Well, Ray has been not very forthcoming about it. And uh, I work with an organization called Catholic Vote that has been kind of pushing for more information, uh, and also working with a group called Judicial Watch, many people are familiar with them, they've been doing FOIA requests, and they've constantly been kind of pushing the envelope, trying to find out exactly how deep this problem goes within the FBI, which is, incidentally, one of the most Catholic organizations that I've ever been around or worked for. There are more practicing Catholics inside the FBI than anywhere I've ever worked. It's absolutely bizarre to me that there is this sort of sentiment. But it also kind of shows us the deeper problem that the FBI has been sort of captured by radical leftist type forces and that people are really trying to attack Christianity with inside our federal government, um, you know, being a kind of an antithetical position. Yeah, and our reporting shows the FBI try to cover its tracks uh, by deleting information that would indicate really a much wider, wider targeting of Catholics and ultimately, you know, failing to report truthfully to Congress. I want to get your your take on all this, Kyle. Well, look, the, the FBI is an intelligence agency, and that's the thing that's so hard for people to grasp. You're, we're used to seeing law enforcement actions, and we're used to seeing an FBI that does law enforcement actions. But in reality, probably 60% of the focus has skewed towards an intelligence mission. And if people ever thought they got a straight answer out of CIA directors or out of how the, the CIA actually operates, that's the kind of expectation we should have with the FBI at this point. They They sort of instinctively go towards protection of the agency. And that actually goes back as far as Hoover. Yeah. And do you think ultimately uh, Christopher Ray and the FBI, do you think they'll come clean on what transpired and really how far this targeting went? And do you think those involved will maybe see any type of action, you know, punishment that is for their actions? So Ray has actually testified to this. So I think we kind of have an instinct of where they're at. Uh, he said that they've been sanctioned and that they've had some negative reporting put in their personnel file, which could you know, very well affect their bonuses at the end of the year. So we've got that. Um, and that's essentially nothing. It's a slap on the wrist. It's a statement that uh, they weren't really mad. And, and I've read hundreds of pages of the transactional emails that went between FBI senior executives. And as they covered down on this story, the question wasn't, how did we screw this up? How did we make uh, a significant you know, tactical error. And how did we end up investigating a First Amendment protected liberty? What they really covered was, how did this get out? How do we stop it? They did a hunt for the whistleblower that brought the information and documents to me. And then um, they basically said, how do we spin this? They were tracking news coverage, not 
a self-reflection on an agency that says this is a First Amendment protected liberty. The American people actually have a constitutional right to, protect, to practice their religion any way they want. And we're not going to be the arbiters of it. In fact, the, uh, the state is supposed to be agnostic about any religious practice. So I don't think we're going to see any accountability. I don't think that we've seen any like what we've seen is the most that we're going to see. They said that they've done a little bit of personnel writing. Somebody got a bad note in their file. There's a letter. And uh, and that's kind of what we see from the FBI in general, just a lack of accountability and, and nobody holding their feet to the fire to push it any further. All right. We're going to leave it right there. Kyle, thank you so much for your insights. Appreciate it. God bless. You bet. Well, a massive deal is underway as Capital One Financial says that it will buy Discover Financial Services for $35 billion. The deal will bring together two of the largest credit card companies in an industry largely dominated by Visa and MasterCard. This comes as Americans held more than $1 trillion on their credit cards in the fourth quarter of 2023. And interest rates are the highest that they have been since the Federal Reserve began tracking them back in 1994. Up next on EWTN News Nightly, learning the faith when European nation is seeking to reduce Catholic education in the classroom. Plus, learn about a cardinal and a very special church in Rome. Report says the government in Poland is seeking to reduce the number of hours for religion classes in public schools. The report in Poland today says the courses are optional, but most pupils attend them. Still, one government official says two hours a week of learning about religion is, quote, excessive. This is the latest conflict between Poland's new government and the Catholic Church. Lawmakers were also considering measures to loosen abortion restrictions and to introduce measures for so-called equality for LGBTQ students. And joining us now to talk more about all of this is Celine Taudier, your correspondent for the National Catholic Register. Celine, good to be with you today. Uh, so remind us again how this new government came into power late last year. So the Conservative Party uh, Law and Justice that was in power for eight years lost its uh, parliamentary majority to a big coalition uh, gathering the centre and centre-right and the left all together. Uh, and so they took, uh, they, they, they took power and, the, 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 you know, the, the big Conservative Party Law and Justice is still the country's largest with over 35 percent of the vote in the last elections. But still, it was not enough to stand up to this huge coalition, so they had to leave power. And, um, you know, as we talked about, the religious classes uh, are being targeted. What are some of the other ways uh, this new incoming government uh, that took over in December is targeting the faithful? I wouldn't say, Tracy, that they are targeting the faithful. It's a, it's a complex issue because... Uh, the, Donald Tusk, the prime minister, and many uh, members of the parliament are self-professed Catholics. It's not really that. The thing is that, yeah, there is a wave of secularization. As soon as they uh, came into power, they launched a series of measures of proposal to really secularize the country. But it's also because they have very close ties with the hierarchy of the European Union in Brussels that is known for its very progressive views. 
Uh, and so, of course, they are, are pushing some new measures also to unblock the funds that were frozen by the European Commission, the, the, the COVID recovery funds, out of concerns for rule of law, uh, law problems. And so, of course, they, they are pushing some kinds of measures, such as the legalization of abortion up to 12 weeks, uh, the removal of crucifixes in public spaces, uh, like, like you mentioned, the reduction in, in religious class and, and, and so on and so forth. Uh, so, of course, it is changing the, the cultural religious landscape, landscape very, very quickly. There is, uh, we are witnessing a kind of turning point. We don't know yet to what extent. Hey, we are almost out of time, Celine, but um, I want to talk about the article that you re recently wrote. I know it included the phrase, the end of Christian Poland. Talk to us more about that. I mean, do you think this really could be the case in Poland? Well, as I mentioned, we are somehow, it could be a turning point for the history of the Catholic Church in Poland. It is still very strongly Catholic. You know, it's like over 90% uh, of the Poles are still Catholics, but there is indeed a, 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 lo a loss of ground uh, for the church there, uh, a loss in religious practice among the youth, especially in big cities. Uh, one of the sources I interviewed, Professor David Engels, in my article, fears that it is the end of of this kind of Christian Catholic Poland uh, because of all these measures. And it's true that also with the effect of globalization, the country is changing very fast, again, in big cities. But to, according to, an, uh, to some other sources, local sources told me, you know, we've, we have suffered so much in our history in Poland. We've been under uh, the control of many different forces and most recently under the yoke of the communist rule. And of course, they suffered so much and they never, these forces never succeed to erase this very strong, very deep Catholic identity that is part of the DNA of the Poles. And so according to them, they say, especially in the countryside, all these ideologies, all these effect, effects of globalization are not effective yet. So th there, there seems to be a, a, a wave of resistance in these countryside. And so, yeah, it, 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 it remains, to, it remains to, be, to be seen in the future. We'll see how things will develop. But it's not so sure that uh, the Catholic Poland is ready to disappear yet again. We'll see. Well, Celine, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. God bless you. My pleasure. Thank you, Tracy. A Catholic Ministry for Outreach to Prison Inmates received a sizable donation back in 2022. It was more than $300,000 worth of Bibles and study materials from Ascension Press. And now that gift is being used to help nearly 400 inmates in the state of Texas. The work is being done by Colby Prison Ministries. It holds three-day retreats for several dozen inmates at a time when volunteer chaplain says the prisoners are most interested in talking about forgiveness. While there is a new caretaker of the Church of the Artists in Rome, Cardinal Protis Rugambwa took possession of the church after the celebration of a high mass. Each cardinal was assigned a church in the Diocese of Rome. It is meant to symbolize the bond between the cardinal and the pope. Cardinal Rugambwa from Tanzania was elevated to the College of Cardinals in a consistory last September. And before we go tonight, it is not too early to start thinking about the summer and the Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis. The event takes place July 18th through the 21st and will be a time of unity, reflection, 
and spiritual growth joining together with thousands of the faithful. There's a special registration fee discount if you sign up through EWTN. And to learn more and get more information about all of that, visit eucharisticcongress.org slash EWTN. We hope to see you there. And we thank you for watching tonight. You Remember, you can follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EWTN News Nightly. I'm Tracy Sable. Good night and God bless.